You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode up in Stillwater today in the office of the president. I never thought I'd ever say that when I came here 10 years ago, but we end up in crazy places, and this is one of them. So I have um, Dr. Casey Shrum in front of me, president. Which comes first? Do people ask you that? Which comes first to you? It's like president and then doctor and then... Well, I say I'm used to, really used to Dr. Shrum because yeah. that's just right. You know what I've been for so many years. When you get announced, what do people announce you as? Do they go president first or doctor first? They, they kind of laugh and say, <laughs> president, doctor, or doctor, <laughs> president, what do we do? <laughs> Everybody knows who you are, which is a good thing. Um, what we're going to talk about today is who you are, what you do, you know, your upbringing, why you got into medicine, all of the fun stuff that people, I mean, stuff that you generally don't get a chance to talk about, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone's got their agenda and sometimes they don't want to know that, you know, you have you know, six kids at home, right? And, and you grew up in Kawita and all of this other background stuff that is really important and shapes the way that you are. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a, plenty of questions, more questions than we have time for, but we'll get into it. Um, take me back to that little girl growing up in Oklahoma. What was, yeah, I mean, what was like the, the, the childhood dream of Dr. Strum back then? Yeah, well, I, I always say I'm like very fortunate to have grown up uh, with two parents who are very loving. I have an older sister. Uh, we're very close and really had a very supportive childhood. My parents always told me I could do anything I wanted to do uh, as long as I was willing to work hard mm-hmm. to achieve it. And I, I really was into athletics. That was really what I wanted to do. I had, I wanted to go to college to play softball. I wanted, uh, to go to the Olympics. I had some big dreams Mm -hmm. and, uh, growing up, I, I really, you know, didn't have a, a dream in mind. My sister always teases me because when I was really young, I told her I wanted to be a horse jockey (laughs) and she has never let me live that down. She was like, someday you're, you know, you're going to realize how silly that was. But, uh, I had lots of friends who had horses and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, I really didn't focus in on what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. until I, I went to college and, and I was there playing softball. I always liked science. I was always really interested in science. And so when I went off to school, my parents really, they, they just said, you know, work hard in the classroom, you'll Mm -hmm. figure it out. Um, and it wasn't until I had a professor, a physiology professor who stopped me and uh, asked me if I was going into medicine, uh, told me I had the highest grade in his class and really gave me some advice to go visit a medical school, talk to my doctor, decide if that was something that would be right for me. Mm-hmm. So it, that was really a turning point for me and has in many ways defined my career. Because as I think back on that, when you grow up and you have parents who tell you, you can do 
anything you want to do, but yet you had never considered medicine or other careers. Why is that? And many times it's because we can only aspire to be something we see yeah. or uh, know. Yeah. And if you're not exposed to that, it really does take someone to tell you you can, mm-hmm. uh, to empower you to, to believe it. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's someone beside your parents. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to that point, that's why most people kind of, they, they stay in the same cycle as their parents, right? They just mm-hmm. kind of, that's their little world and that's all they know. And it's yeah. like I said, it takes getting out, whether it's a scholarship, you know, to university or a scholarship to just try a different sport in school, mm-hmm. you know, and growing up something that's different to your, you know, your general upbringing that pushes you outside and then you know, you're naturally good at it. You're interested in it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you, you really know that you wanted to, but there's, I think most people, I definitely have that story of a professor that I've just had a really good class. I, I just enjoyed a class. I didn't think I would. And a professor says, you know, why, why don't you try this? Right. And, and yes. then you just, then you're all in and you, cause you mm-hmm. enjoy it. And like I said, you've got great supportive parents behind you. This is, mm-hmm. you know, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's that success oftentimes gives you a platform and gives you the confidence. I think that's what athletics gave me mm-hmm. was the confidence in myself, a good work ethic. And with parents who believe in you, you just, it, you know, it's, it, you, you have the, the um, confidence to try yeah. something that maybe you think is a little bit too big for you uh, to yeah. put yourself out there and try it. What about kind of the, uh, I guess, advantages that, college athletics gives a, a student athlete because yeah. I'm one and mm-hmm. I like I miss I miss it and when you're in it you're like can't wait to get out can't wait to graduate yes. but when you're in you know when you look back you're like I'd love to go back to playing golf three three mm-hmm. hours every day <laughs> getting yeah. to play golf three hours every day and not to work yeah I think it taught me a lot uh, about life a lot about leadership um, when I have an opportunity to you know talk to student athletes yeah. I always talk about not just when I get together with my former teammates, which I have six that I'm still close with, we get together every year um, and we talk frequently. We, we rarely talk about games or particular games, maybe on occasion, but it's mostly about the relationships, uh, funny, you know, funny stories that happen Mm -hmm. and, and you share those. But what I try to tell students is it's really an opportunity to learn about yourself I can, I learned a lot as much playing and competing, um, as I did at times, you know, sitting on the bench, Uh you learn about having, being a part of a team, regardless of what you, you play, you get the perspective of, you know, what it means when you do get to be the starter and you have all this success to remember those people who don't because they're still a part of your team. And I think it just gives you an advantage. And I, I also felt like it gave me a group of people immediately who were my people (laughs) and they're your support group. And you're going through all of these, uh, new experiences with. So, uh, and you know, the discipline of having to be there every day and, and, you know, controlling your thoughts and having positive thoughts and, Mm -hmm. Um, all of those things that it takes to be successful and to compete at a high level are things that you use in life. And I always, you know, had a coach that was in high school and he was really, really tough on me. (laughs) And 
you know, one of my friends, it's kind of a funny story. I, I would, you know, probably not tell this story very often, but <laughs> when I first came on his team, I, I was, you know, very, I guess sensitive was what I would say. And he would come out to the mound and that was back in the day when everyone smoked. So he would come out oh, to yeah. the mound and put his cigarette out on the mound <laughs> and he would just get so angry with me. Uh, and he would chew me out until I cried yeah. and, and then he would just leave. And one day my friend was sitting on the bench and she said, you know, he laughs every time he, he comes off the field. And I was at that moment, I thought I will, no matter what he says when he comes out here, cause now it's a game. Yeah. I knew what he was doing. Trying to break you. And yeah. yeah and it ma- but it made me tougher. Yeah. And even though that wasn't really a pleasant experience, I, I learned a lot mm-hmm. about that experience and, uh, it made me stronger. It made me a better competitor. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think sometimes in those moments where we're not happy or pleased uh, with what's going on or, or feel bad about it, there's always something to learn. Always. From yeah. it. You just have to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it takes every kind of ounce of energy and strength in you to not give up. Right. Yes. Because that's where that's where yes. you learn, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. in that tough part yes. is where you learn and all the challenges that we do, regardless if it's, you know, any sport or it doesn't have to be a sport really. It could mm-hmm. be, you know, whatever yeah. challenges people deal with every day. It's, you know, choosing not to give up mm-hmm. and give in and because then that could spiral and it could be, you know, and lead into other parts of your life. Yeah. But yeah, growing up as an athlete, I being a golfer, I generally we kind of had teams back home, but not as not as a team. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I, I kind of miss is mm-hmm. you know I didn't have. I mean I played soccer growing up, but I didn't have that locker room kind of like camaraderie yeah. with you know a, a group of twenty or thirty mm-hmm. people. You know you're on the bus together, you're on, you know traveling yes. and and the softball baseball schedules. You know it's yes. not like three games, is it? It's yeah. it's three games a week, right? right? That sometimes yes. you know. So that's something that I definitely miss, but. Going back to to that that time at college, then that professor that, that sees that you have a passion, or sees you have a you know a, not a passion, but it sees that you have, you know, like like a, I guess the shining light in this mm-hmm. in his class, and and unknowingly you were really good at it. Where does it go from there? Does he kind of just say, hey, if you want to be a doctor, like this is kind of the direction you need to go in? He 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 suggested. When, when he knew I had not ever considered it or even right. thought about it, that's when he suggested that I go visit with my my doctor and go visit a medical school. So that's what I did. Yeah. I went and I visited with my doctor, and then I went to visit the medical school, and it happened to be the one at OSU in Tulsa, um, which is interesting because I later ended right. up being the dean yeah. there. Um, and I went, I, you know, my dad and I went to visit, and... I remember walking in there thinking, oh, this, I should not be here. I was so intimidated. I almost, you know, yeah. changed my mind. And as we walked in, there were medical students there and they immediately started talking to me, um, asking me, are, are you starting, are you starting school next year? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just very friendly. And in visiting with them immediately, I realized they're not any different than I am. Right. I think sometimes we think other people have a certain skill set or they were meant to be there and right. we're not. Uh, so really just seeing them as people just like me um, really helped me to, you know, kind of get comfortable. Yeah. And we toured the, the school and after 
after that day, I just, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I I was fascinated by everything um, and, you know, knew that's where I wanted to, to do. I wanted to go to medical school. I was really wanting to do something where I could make a difference mm-hmm. and something that would be challenging and, and, and really different every day, yeah. um, but could make a difference. And medicine really fit that for me. And yeah. I really couldn't think of a better career. I loved it. I, I never thought I would get out of medicine. Right. Um, it was great. Before that moment that you toured that facility and you were kind of, I guess, going through the motions to just like, you know, please your professor, I guess, going mm-hmm. there to check it out. What else was on the cards at that moment? Was there anything else that was like, this is my path. I could have actually been something else and gone into teaching or whatever. Well, really, because I knew softball yeah. and I knew I liked science, I, I was really thinking I would coach okay. and um, teach science. That's really where I thought I was going. But I think that was mostly because uh, that's what I knew yeah, and that's what I enjoyed in so, I mean, I, I hadn't put too much thought or explored other options mm-hmm. until until that time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I did, you know, for a while continue to coach and volunteer my time and those kind of things um, because I, I enjoyed that. Uh, but what I realized when I decided to go to med- into medicine and I knew I was going to have to really focus on it um, it, it was kind of my new passion, my right. new focus, and it kind of replaced replaced that for yeah. me. Yeah, that's kind of the one, I guess, good things, I, don't, no, I guess we can call it a good thing, a blessing, is that, you know, for me, after graduating, I could still try and play professional golf or try and play amateur golf tournaments. You know, sadly, the the softball world is very small, isn't it? Yes. Right. So unless mm-hmm. you're, you know, very highly skilled, and you're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, you're getting a contract to go pay somewhere or speak or coach or whatever, like, you know, fortunately for you, that your your college career was the end of. You didn't have to worry about, you know, being pulled in two directions. You could channel everything you had into going to med school, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, great blessing to yeah. have. Yes. As much as you missed the softball field. Yeah. Well, and I think you know when you're when you don't yeah. have the same passion and you can't give you're not going to give as much to it as you previously did and I think that's where I was and I could you know focus on medicine yeah, yeah. so you dive in you go straight to med school and yeah. full support mom and dad and, mm-hmm. and off you go to to the was it the med school in Tulsa that you went it to? it was yeah it was um yeah I mean med- it was medical school is I would tell people it's it's tough yeah um, it's a lot of hours and a lot of information, but OSU was really the right place for me. Uh, f- the 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 in, the culture mm-hmm. I think makes the difference. Yeah. It's tough, but everybody there is pretty supportive of one another, and it's it's really this attitude we're all going to do well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's some that's the place I needed to be in order to to be successful. So, yeah, that was. Um, you know, four years of medical school and, um, you know, you learn a lot about yourself there too. A lot of, a lot of, you know, very, um, type A people who are very smart and you just get in there and, um, learn from one another, learn from your professors. And then, you know, as I graduated, I really wasn't sure 
what specialty I wanted to go into. So the funny thing when one of my very first days in class, I was sitting next to um, a friend. Well, she would later become one of my very best friends. And she was telling me she wanted to be a pediatrician. She knew what she wanted to do. And I said, I don't really know what I want to do. I just know I don't want to be a pediatrician. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, um, I, you know, I had this idea of small rooms and screaming kids all day long. And, there may be some reality to that, but I, I never, I never heard any of that, yeah. you know, when I was there and practicing. But again, I, I did a rotation with a physician, my first pediatrics rotation, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. And that I think really changed my whole view. Yeah. Um, I, again, like, I really liked the idea of an ongoing relationship and really being able to not just not just focus on the health aspect, mm-hmm. but helping families grow, helping parents. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of um, yeah, very young single mothers in my practice who, may, you know, some of them didn't have um, much of a, a role model for parenting. Mm-hmm. So that aspect of it too was very rewarding to me. Yeah. And, you know, medicine, um, um, pediatrics has this really, really, I always say it's really bad if it's a bad day. Um, but there's a lot of really good days in there too. And um, to be able to do that was really just an honor that people would entrust their children with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just fell in love with the practice of pediatrics yeah. and have always enjoyed it. And now it's funny because I see kids that are here on this campus that were my patients. And so, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. They'll come up and, and say hi. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that they're doing well. I right. did my job. They're here and they're healthy. And yeah. so it's good. Was it then during this time that you realized that there was a real need for kind of rural medicine and that way you get kind of the passion for fighting, you know, yeah. and, and developing, you know, like I said, that area a lot mm-hmm. more than what it is, you know, mm-hmm. what it was then to what it is now. Yeah, I grew up in a rural area, mm-hmm. and I remember one just in particular. Um, my my great grandfather had cancer, and I was pretty young, uh, and I remember being over at their house, kind of playing out in the yard, and my my parents were there because my you know grandfather wasn't doing my great grandfather wasn't doing well. And the doctor came over to see him and came in the house. And I just remember kind of watching him walk across the yard, just thinking, wow, you know, that's, that's, you know, just amazing. This, you know, really special person's coming to see my grandfather so he can be at home. And, you know, that we lived out in the country. So that was, you know, really, I think at one point in time, something that a lot of physicians did. Mm And my whole family saw that physician. Yeah. And I realized the importance of having access to health care, how important it is. We didn't always have a doctor in our hometown, and then we did. And um, he really took care of our whole family, um, multiple generations. And so I think I saw the importance of that at a very young age. And then as I got more involved and I, I went in, into practice and would see how far people were driving mm-hmm. to see me uh, and knowing that you know, it's not just me it's just there's a shortage and especially in yeah. in rural areas um, 
that was pretty impactful. And as I had the opportunity to really take a leadership role at the medical school, and that's the mission there, I just said, you know, this is a really important mission. And I think at some times people shied away from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Being an academic medical center, you're typically very focused on specialties and, you know, things that bring a lot of um, prestige. But I really felt like, you know, we have a purpose and that's our mission and we need to fulfill that for the state. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of statistics about, you know, having access to health care is the single thing that can extend your life. Uh, It lowers the cost of health care for the state, for the nation um, and, you know, improves outcomes. So. To me, everybody ought to have access. I mean, that ought to just be something basic. But as society's changing and really just the nature. So for me, you know, as I said, I never thought about medicine because I I really, I mean, I saw my doctor walking across the yard and he was almost, you know, godly to me. It's like, that's a really smart person right there. Um, And, but I didn't see, I didn't see him and think, I'm going to be that someday. Yeah. Uh, so as we're thinking about who's going to go back and take care of these communities, you also think about who's most likely to be, uh, exposed to medicine or be encouraged to go into medicine or have an educational background that lends to that. And it's people who grow up in urban areas just for the sake of exposure and, and opportunity for exposure. And you lay that on top of, we know the people that go to practice in rural areas and will stay, or more likely they came from a rural area, uh, and having that background is really important. So to me, really focusing in on what we know and, and those rural youth was very important because we're not just magically going to convince someone who grew up in the city to go embrace a rural lifestyle. Now, sometimes we might, but if you have that purpose and, and you're, you have seen how that impacts you and others, I think you're more likely to go there and stay and be a part of that community. And so to me, that was really, um, drew me honestly into to becoming the Dean and away from active practice was, look, I, the medical school and that education changed my life. And I was able to touch those patients that were in my practice. But as the Dean, you know, I'm, I'm influencing, you know, all those students every year Mm -hmm. and have an opportunity to create programs that really make a difference on a larger scale. And that's what really drew me away from just being in the office, seeing patients every day. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, our, our passions, our passions stay the same, but our goals change. Right. You know, and, 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 you know, you, you mentioned earlier, you want to be in the business of changing lives and, and helping people. 
you know, and then, you know, you get into medicine and then, like I said, you, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Well, then you've got to be in a place to make decisions and then you start climbing the ladder mm-hmm. and, and think, oh, I need, I need to be in that. I need to knock mm-hmm. on that door because, mm-hmm. well, why don't I just go, you know? And then, mm-hmm. like you just mentioned, like that's, you know, and I'm sure that's kind of just how you evolved becoming the president of the university. Yes. It's just the next step of, okay, how can I be involved to be, make more decisions, to have an impact, to leave a legacy and change lives. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool mm-hmm. that you always kind of center back to growing up rurally and that's kind of where the roots are because mm-hmm. that's initially you, you know, your great grandfather, that mm-hmm. memory is where the mm-hmm. need starts. Right. Right. And you probably didn't think at that point, I'm going to be a, do- you know, I'm going to be a doctor one day Not at you know, or, or a dean or even a president. <laughs> no. Right. No, never, so, never that's... thought of that. And that's why I, I, here is so exciting to mm-hmm. me being on a university campus and students, you walk through a whole yeah. crowd of students and you never know what they're going to be someday and the impact they're going to make. And I always try to encourage them to dream big. Think of, you know, think of what you would do if anything were possible and then do that. Uh, Because it is a lot of times. I I don't know that I knew this, you know, at a younger age and I I really wish I did. I I think if you believe something, yeah, if you believe in yourself, that old saying, if you believe it's possible, you're probably right. If you believe it's not, you're probably right, is so, I mean, what you think and your thoughts and how you see the world is so impactful on your ability to be mm-hmm. successful. And, um, you know, really trying to encourage students to think that way yeah. uh, because, you know, I can think back where I've accomplished things that, you know, I never would have thought that I could or others didn't believe I could. Um, and I've joked and said, well, I, I wasn't smart enough to know I couldn't do it. <laughs> right. I just did it. You yeah. know, people are like, how'd you do that? I don't know. I just, just wanted to do I'm it. Gonna so I do gave, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just had it set in my mind that I wasn't going to give up on it. Mm-hmm. And it, and it happened. Yeah. So that, I, I think you have to have that belief in yourself and then really just, right. um, work hard. It doesn't happen just believing in yourself and sitting back and waiting for something to happen. But that's what's exciting to me about the university and the students because, you know, they're they're at the beginning of all possibilities for for themselves. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And it's that's that's the perfect statement to put it, because you know, in a day, uh, any day really, but especially in today's age, you know, you can reach anyone around the world through your phone pretty much. And there's, there's no stopping you, you know, I mean, you can do interviews over the phone. It doesn't matter. Like if you want, like for me, if I want to interview, I don't know, Toby Keith, for example, or Mm -hmm. Garth Brooks would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it would be great to just get him on the phone it's possible. I've just got to get his phone number. Um, so going forward then how, what do you remember, I guess, about the first time somebody came to you and said, you know, I've put your name forward or I think you'd be great for this, you know, the, the presidency and then, um, you know, president Hargis is stepping down. Like, what was that day? Do you remember that? You know, I remember the, the first person before president Hargis yeah. announced that he was retiring. My husband actually said, you know, you should think about doing that someday. Yeah. And I, I said to him, I love what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not considering doing anything else. Right. Um, and I've always really felt that way. I try to just focus on whatever it is I'm doing, do the best I can do mm-hmm. there. And, you know, if opportunities happen, then, 
you know, I'll, I'll really consider that right. um, thoughtfully. Uh, so that was really the first time. Um, and and then, you know, I, I think as, as President Hargis announced, then, of course, I had a lot of people asking me, are you going to consider this? Mm -hmm. And um, it was, I mean, I, obviously, it's a great opportunity. And I always, mm -hmm. you know, kind of make a joke that, Burns was interviewing me one time and after I was announced and he said so tell us why you applied for the job and I said because you said it was the best job in the world and if I ever got the if anyone right. ever gets the opportunity they should take it to be a university president um, I just think there's so many opportunities to make a difference um, I love Oklahoma State yeah, I feel like many of the opportunities I've had in my life were because of the education that I received and the way that I received it. And I talked a little bit earlier about the culture and, you know, coming from a small town and a really close-knit family. Mm -hmm. There's something about Oklahoma State University that feels very similar to that. Yeah. You feel welcome. You feel much like you're in a small town. People are very friendly. Uh, and so... I don't think I, you know, would have been successful without the combination of a great education and a great culture. So that is appealing to me, one, um, and really just the land-grant mission, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very um, access and a lot of first-generation college students um, growing up in a rural area have appreciation for agriculture and the importance of that. And so... If when I look at taking an opportunity, it's do my do my passions align with the mission of the universe, of that institution, right. and in this case, it really does. Is there an opportunity to give back? I feel like there is, and um, so yeah. I mean, it was it was something that is a little it was a little bit scary. I always say, if your dreams aren't right. you know big, if they don't scare you a little bit, you're probably not thinking big enough. Um, it was, you know, a little bit scary to me to step out of medicine mm -hmm. uh, because I've loved that career. I've loved everything about being a part of medicine and what I could accomplish in, in, in a meaningful way. But I feel like that is this is a bigger opportunity yeah. to do that in many different areas, not just medicine, um, and have access to, you know, many students. And so yeah. it was it was worth it. You mentioned um, you mentioned your husband Darren. Where'd you guys meet? Okay, we met at Walmart. Okay. <laughs> he he uh, was was in a management training program, um, and before they go to the home office, they had to go out and visit, spend time in yeah. stores, and do different roles. And I was shopping there, and he was standing at the front desk, and. Um, so I came, I came in and he said, hello. And, and, uh, I, you know, I, I thought, man, he has a nice smile. And he told his friend, you know, when we walked off, he said, I'm going to marry that girl. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of one of those random things. But then uh, I had a friend who was working there and we just connected and, and really ever since then, you yeah. know, we've been, this is, we'll be married 30 years, uh, in May. So, um, yeah, we've been together yeah. a long time. And you have, you said you, you, you have three kids and you adopted three. Mm -hmm. You adopted three brothers. Yes. That's a, that's a big decision to make. I mean, yeah. when you already have three, right? Yes. Like I, I have friends who, who have adopted kids and, and it's, uh, we don't have kids. I just have two dogs, but it's when you, 
I, I mean, I just think it's an incredible thing to do for, for anyone, even if you have one, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a powerful thing. What kind of led you guys to do that? So when I, you know, I talked, I, I, when I was going into medicine mm-hmm. and thinking about medicine, kind of go back a little bit on that story, but, um, I got a lot of advice that, you know, you could either, you know, if you're a female going into medicine, you should really recognize that you're going to have a career, you're either going to have a career or a family. You can't have both, can't do it. And of course, you know, I, when someone says you can't, that always, I think makes me more determined to prove that it is possible. Um, and so as we went into medical school and decided that, you know, we wanted to have a family, I had a series of miscarriages and that it was really a difficult time, I think, given the backdrop of people saying, you know, you can't have a family and a career. And it is very demanding and very stressful. And I think a lot of women who experience miscarriages or have trouble having children kind of go through the same thing of thinking it's something you did or there's, you know, could you have done something different or yeah. was this a choice I made? So there was a point in time where we weren't sure we were going to be able to have biological children, but we were committed to having a family and we had really thought about adopting at that point. So that was pretty early on. I mean, obviously, um, you know, we went on to have children. I had my son when I was in medical school and my girls when I was a resident. And, uh, so I was in practice and we, we started doing, um, respite foster care so we would we had um, a friend who she was a foster mother and we would keep the kids for her when she needed a break Uh, and so we were accustomed to having kids in our house and our kids were too and I think at some point we just felt like we were at a place where we could adopt I don't think we ever let go of the thought that we would adopt um, I always laugh. I didn't think, uh, I was not thinking three. <laughs> um, I was, you know, not there to say six kids. Um, but we, we had some friends who had adopted, um, and, and actually I should say, we, we almost adopted a, a sibling group from that foster system and that fell through and I think that was just the point where you know we decided yeah this is something we want to do and this is the right time and we had friends who had adopted from Ethiopia actually several friends throughout many years and I started doing a little research on Ethiopia and adoptions and I learned that boys who are not adopted at a young age Mm -hmm. typically stay within the system if they're not if they're not adopted by the age of four so they're not likely to get adopted and they stay in the system and just in in that particular country um if if you're in a school you have to take a test to determine whether Mm -hmm. if you pass it then you can continue on and go to college depending on how high you score, you get to go different places. So you see that if you're in a poor part of the country, if you're in an orphanage and you don't have much of an opportunity for an education Mm -hmm. and you don't get adopted, 
you're really destined to a life of poverty and those boys typically will, you know, age out, you know, 14, 16 years old and then go out without a family and there they are. And so we had a lot of conversations about that, that if we were going to, you know, do it, Mm -hmm. we wanted to adopt and to really make a difference for kids who, who just weren't going to have an opportunity. And, you know, we went into it really with this idea that we were just going to be a blessing to these kids. Um, but you know, you get in and you, you've learned so much from them and you're just so blessed by them. Their stories are amazing and they're so resilient. Mm -hmm. It's just phenomenal. And so, I mean, I, I tell everybody, I mean, it's not easy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I talk about that, but you really have to be committed to it. And, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's just, if you feel led or called to adopt, it's, you know, it's definitely, you get more out of it than you give for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's special. It's really special. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Like I said, that, you know, we chatted before, before we started recording that how different they are and their upbringing is so different to, to our upbringing and, and the, the intricacies and, and just the mm-hmm. little details that just make them who they are, you know, because yes. like I said, when you adopt someone who's, you know, three, four years old, then they miss that. But if you adopt someone who's 12, 13, 14, then like they've mm-hmm. had that years of yes. general, you know, that, that really yes you know, that, that huge kind of important part of their life that they get a lot of their, you know, upbringing from, Mm -hmm. which is, which I'm sure makes you smile on certain days and some days makes you really mad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some funny, you know, things that, uh, you know, they never, they, they never played organized sports, but they're very athletic. And, um, one of our boys in in Ethiopia, they're very soft-spoken. People don't typically yell, And so you can imagine them going into, you know, high school sports and the coach is just going crazy yeah. yelling and they think he's insane. Right. And one of our sons came home and just said, I don't think this coach appreciates me. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to explain, no, you know, they, that's just the way they are. They, and, and don't say, don't tell your coach he doesn't appreciate you. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> just going to make it worse. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. When, so when you were going through that process, did anyone ask you, I mean, one of the questions I have for people is kind of how do you describe Oklahoma to people? Did anyone ever ask you that during that process? No, I don't think they did. Yeah. We, we had to see, I mean, it's a very um, long, sure. and very in-depth process. And we had to provide them a lot of pictures and, you know, we talked to them a lot about yeah. that. But we, really, when the boys first came, they didn't speak much English. So it was really trying to explain things to them yeah. that, um, and, and just their exposure to things that we're very accustomed to. Yeah. Um, you know, they'd never experienced, um, automatic flushing toilets scared them to death. Yeah. They thought someone was in there watching them or, I mean, just things that we just take for granted. Um, but I, I will say, you know, we lived in a small rural community. Um, we were a little bit concerned about how people would, um, take to the boys Mm -hmm. or would they feel comfortable? Would they feel welcomed? And, um, kind of speaking to that Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, you know, kids are amazing and people really embraced them. 
um, one of our sons is class president. Mm -hmm. They were all just very involved. Uh, and the community, I think, just very interested. Yeah. I mean, how often do you get to meet somebody from another country? So they they did very well on that. And I think for the most part, you know, coming from Ethiopia to here, right. a, a lot of Ethiopia is, is very rural. So, um, you know, they have... Mm -hmm in certain places, cattle and those kind of things. So that was something that the boys were very used to because yeah. um, they didn't grow up in Addis, which is the, the capital. Uh, so I think Oklahoma was, okay, you know, okay for them. The whole change, you know, getting used to food and yeah. all of those things is a little right. is a little different. And your other children too, you have a son and two girls. Mm -hmm. Yes. How are they doing? They're doing well. And, you know, they're all, they... Our, our two oldest son and daughter have graduated from OSU. Okay. Um, and so we have four that are here. Yeah. And Joseph, um, he'll be graduating this year. Um, and the other three, I call them the triplets there. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're here. Um, and, you know, they're all doing really well. I, I they, they spend time together before I was here, mm -hmm. you know, I would come up here and they were all hanging out with all their friends. And, um, you know, I think they, they genuinely love one another and feel mm -hmm. like, you know, I think someone asked my daughter about it one time and she said, I, I can't remember a time when they weren't here. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'll ask, how did you feel when your parents were adopting? And she was like, I don't know. Cause I don't really remember a time when they weren't here. Right. Um, and, and she was 12 when yeah. we adopted. So, um, I, I've, that's made me feel really good to see them, you know, become, you know, not just siblings, but friends yeah. and spend time together. So is it, is it kind of fun being, you know, a mom and president of the university and seeing the kids out there and just like, I mean, I'm sure like people in their class probably give them a little bit of stick, you know, because mm -hmm. of, of who their mom is. But also, you know, it's kind of I'm sure it's just a great, you know, you're, you're here, you're always here, but you're always yeah. busy, too. Yes. So it's fun probably just to see them in passing randomly mm -hmm. like, oh, how's it going? <laughs> it is kind of fun. I mean, I, I, I it's it like surprises me yeah. when I'm doing something and I see them. Um, that's fun. And yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, some of the kids. Yeah. friends will be like, Hey, you're, you know, your so-and-so's mom. Yep. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of, it's, it's neat. And, you know, just my kids are, you know, this age. And so I have a really good understanding of, of what they're dealing with. And, and I get good feedback on things that they like or don't like about, you know, campus. So, um, that's always good. Yeah. Too. You really get to know, right? Oh, Not just yes. the survey. They tell you everything yes, you need to do. know. they do. They tell yeah. me. Yes. Um, I could ask you a lot of the cliche questions and, you know, like, you know, how does it feel to be the first female president? I'm sure you've answered that a million times. People mm -hmm. can hear that answer somewhere mm -hmm. else. Um, you know, a lot of the time, you know, you acquired or you were a president during COVID. That's, you know, being in the medical field mm -hmm. and being a president, mm -hmm. you're probably the best person for the job mm -hmm. during that whole time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I know OSU was, was amazing during that time and still is, you know, yeah. you did a, did a huge stuff on that. Uh, I want to acknowledge that. I don't want to skip mm -hmm. past that because I know you guys did an amazing job. Um, but going forward, because I know I don't want to take too much of your time because I know you're extremely busy and you might be jumping into cold water today <laughs> to raise some money. Yes. Worst day to choose because yes, it's 30 it degrees outside. Um, 
but I guess taking away from from kind of just you know the university a little bit, what do you do to unwind? Yeah, well, I'm I'm learning. You know, this is new <laughs> position here, so yeah. I'm kind of learning how to do that. Um, usually, it's just I mean, I I like to I like to exercise, so that's a big thing for me. But really, just getting away. Sometimes going back to you know. Um, our place in Coweta, spending time there, spending time with the kids, yeah. um, just trying to find a place where it feels, you know, normal. Um, and, and, you know, I can just kind yeah. of relax and, and take my mind off things. That's probably, you know, yeah. uh, the best way for me to do that. Um, and, so I'm still, it's still a work in progress, yeah. you know, with any new role, you kind of find yourself trying to figure out how you um, make sure you still prioritize the things that are important to you, the people that are important to you, and then fulfill your responsibilities in the role that you're in. Yeah. Um, doing those as well as carving out time for yourself. Right. And so everybody does that to some extent. And I think when you get yourself into, you know, a really um, high visibility mm-hmm. role, you have to really think about that. So it's all work in progress. But for me, it's mostly just spending time with, you know, my family, my kids, my, yeah. my friend, you know, I talked about my team, my former teammates. I, you know, they're pretty good to get my mind off of things yeah, yeah, and yeah. to, you know, focus what, on what is, things. I guess in this period, like what has been, I guess, like, cause I mean, your job's 24 seven, mm-hmm. right? Like what is there, is that, is there a period of the year that it's just like, ah, it's pretty quiet during this time? Well, I'm told it's the summer. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. Um, fall is very busy. Yeah. And, you know, it, there were a lot of things that happened in the fall that I think probably don't normally happen. Sure. So I'm not sure. Um, but summer, there's not many people on campus. Mm-hmm. I think that's when people try to slow down a little bit. So uh, I think that is yeah. what I've been told. And I try, you know, to say, okay, I'm going to take some time off and just go do this and and try to relax. So hopefully that happens. We'll see what happens this summer, right? Yes. Yes. Um, That's the plan. One of the things that interests me, a question to ask people is, is, and especially with your medical background, um, what is the question that you would most like answered in the world? Mm -hmm. What would I like for us to find yeah. a solution to? Um, I think mental health. Mm-hmm. And the role that social media is playing on mental health, um, I think there's definitely biological and um, societal reasons for mm-hmm. You know, it seems an increase in some of our mental health issues. And um, I'm, I'm just a believer that, you know, healthy mind is a healthy body. And, you know, you lots of opportunities if, if that's the case. But unfortunately, that's not, you know, yeah. an option for everyone. And, and again, I mean, we can think, you know, I just, uh, with social media and many, you know, gaming and all the technology we have today 
I think that that is really programming our brains in certain ways mm -hmm. that perhaps we haven't studied enough to understand. And, um, you know, that has some impacts on us yeah. um, at baseline. And then again, you know, just the, the research of, you know, finding, you know, how, how do we, how do we cure and better manage yeah. mental health disorders? I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Uh, have some fun kind of quick fire questions to finish. <laughs> uh, what is your go-to Starbucks order? Oh, vanilla chai tea latte. Uh, what was your first car? A Jeep. Uh, if anyone were to, were to play you in a movie, who would you want that to be? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Um, play me in a movie. Oh, wow. I can't believe I can't come up with an answer for that one. I don't know. Um, I've been told off and on, you know, that like either between <laughs> um, Helen Hunt and Gwyneth Paltrow look like me. Yeah. I don't know either uh -huh. one, I guess. But whoever, you know, it would be, I guess I would say, you know, uh, someone who, you know, kind of has a, a, a fighting spirit but still is can mm -hmm. be humble yeah yeah is there a food that you just can't stomach oh um it's food something i don't like to, i'm a very picky eater yeah so um so it's a long list <laughs> yeah it is like anything that kind of is mixed in yeah. or um Anything that has a crazy texture. <laughs> For me, it's deviled eggs. Yeah. I just I look yeah. at them and I just think that's oh, never, ever going to try it. I just yeah. don't even want to go there. Um, pickled okra is kind of that way for yeah. me too. It just kind of looks hairy. And, uh. <laughs> go, going the other way then, what, what would be your last meal? Oh, um, ice cream. Yeah? Probably uh, vanilla ice cream, salted caramel, vanilla ice cream, and birthday cake <laughs> yes speaking to my soul right oh, there yeah birthday cake is yes. one of my favorites and salted yes. caramel i have a sweet tooth uh who was your childhood celebrity crush oh um probably john stamos <laughs> okay and last one what is your favorite oklahoma memory oh my favorite memory man i have lots of really good memories in Oklahoma. Um, pro I, you know, I don't know. That's a good one. I have, like I said, I have a lot of really good memories in Oklahoma. Um, I mean, I could, from, you know, meeting my husband at Walmart to, um, meeting all of my teammates for the first time, you know, and, Warner, Oklahoma, small town. Um, lots of great memories growing up in Coweta on Main Street, which is something that like people just don't do anymore. <laughs> Cruise Main Street, right. hang out on Main Street. Um, probably just simple memories, you know, just, uh, you know, something I always enjoyed doing, which is something I think people see me here do a lot. <clears throat> I've kind of thought it was odd, but you know, having played softball, we would start 
in the summer practice, <coughs> excuse me, and football practice at the same time. So we would finish our practice and go sit and watch football practice. <clears throat> and then I met Darren, he's a football player. And, you know, he coached, he lay coached, and I would go sit and watch his practice. And then we had our son yeah. <clears throat> and I would watch him practice. So you're kind of talking about like, how do you kind of get away? <clears throat> Sometimes like here on summer practices, I just, Darren and I will just go sit in the stadium or I'll go, you know, stand and watch practice. Um, I don't know a whole lot about football. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, I probably know more than just because I'm married to sure. a former college football player. I get coached about it all the time. But it's just something I have, I have like really um, positive memories mm -hmm. from my youth and from my son being young and yeah. all throughout my life that it probably is a way for me to just kind of disconnect and go to like happier times mm -hmm. or just more simple times. And so I've always enjoyed that just, and, and I probably enjoy watching practice, yeah. even softball practices or whatever, um, football practice more than like going to a game because it's, there's just no pressure. Right. It's just watching and, and just kind of taking all of that in. And so that's something that, you know, I really enjoy doing. So that's probably, you know, probably some of my fondest memories and at least places that if I'm there, it's just always, it just brings a really positive feeling to me probably yeah. because of my, you know, previous life and experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes so much sense after listening to your story, you know, yeah. it, it, like I said, you kind of just go back to what makes you comfortable and, and reminds you of home and, and takes you away. And like I said, if you're sat in the stadium or sat on the sideline, you know, standing on the sideline, you're just, you know, you don't have a hundred thousand people around you, right? You know, you right. just, it's peaceful. Yes. You know, you're just watching practice and listening to what's going yeah. on rather than yes. people screaming, whatever it is, that, yes. you know, it's, so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You'd be and, a great golf spectator as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause you just sit <laughs> there just and be quiet. Clap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do. I, 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 and that's something that, you know, Darren and I both enjoy doing is supporting all the student mm -hmm. athletes and really just students in general. I mean, we've had six kids and we're used to doing so many different yeah. things from cattle shows to cross country to, you know, speaking, mm -hmm. um, speech competitions. And we've always just gone different places yeah. and supported the kids. And I think that's something we enjoy doing here is just being present, mm -hmm. supporting them. Um, there's, you know, to the extent that you can just being in the background for them to know, Hey, we're here watching you and supporting you that's um something that i think we we've enjoyed just being able to do mm -hmm. since we've been here yeah there's a lot from that isn't there just just so they know that you're there that you know they know that you've seen things that have happened and if they're going to talk to you about it they know they can mm -hmm. right they don't always do and they might always forget about it but the good thing is that they know you're there and that's that's a cool thing that i'm sure to have to, mm -hmm. to, to experience as a parent um, or sometimes you're waiting for them to talk to you about something that yeah. you saw happen and yeah. maybe they think you didn't yeah. but yeah. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure thank you so yeah. much for taking thank an hour out of, you know, of your morning to chat with us um, you know the the Oklahoma Hall of Fame is a huge part of the podcast and, uh, and you, I know you're on the board mm -hmm. of directors there and I look forward to meet, seeing you again at the meeting yes. this year um, I'm meeting your husband as well Darren oh, very good. Uh, I'll be down there um, but is there anything else you want to finish with or share or tell people other than go pokes and yeah well you know it always ends with go pokes yeah. but um 
No, I would say it's just been really, a, I mean, the, the special thing about OSU is the people, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. It's been amazing getting to meet all the people and the students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had mentioned a little bit about, you know, what is it like to be, you know, the first female? And now I answered that question. And I have answered that question a lot. What has surprised me is what it means to other people. Yeah. Other, I mean, little girls mm-hmm. and, you know, m- mothers and, and, you know, kids that um, when I meet them, it's just so, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that I have that kind of uh, an impact on them. But I think it goes back to that seeing somebody mm-hmm. who you can relate to do something that no one else has done before and it just opens doors. Yeah. And to me, that's really been a surprise. Um, I was at a cattle show <clears throat> this weekend that we were asked to go back to the Muskogee Regional Cattle Show uh, sale. And our kids used to show cattle there, mm-hmm. so we did. We drove to Muskogee. And I met this little girl and took a picture with her. And then um, I, her mother, the next day, put on social media. She had tagged, her, tagged me in it. Um, she was in a room playing. And her mom came in and she said, she heard her talking. She said, what are you doing? And she said, oh, well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm playing and I'm Dr. Shrum. And she had her hair, she had her hair pulled back yeah. in a bun like mine. And she said, she's so fancy. I just want to be like her, Aww. which is so cute. Yeah. Um, and, but she was, she tried to dress like I was dressed and, um, Just that kind of thing where it's like, look, she's, you know, seven years old and she's already, you know, thinking like, I want to be a university president, whether she knows that or not. That's that's what I think is neat about me being the first female president of a university, because it gives kids uh, a way to look Mm -hmm. for a role model different than what they've seen before. Right. And. You know, they don't know it, but yeah. it's, it's like, you know, just her thinking about that, um, I think makes a lot of the sacrifices mm-hmm. and things worth it. Yeah, I totally agree. And now, you know, going back, like you are now that person that you saw, the doctor that you saw going to see your granddad. Yes. Right. Uh, or yes. you're the professor that said, hey, you're the top of the class in this. I think you should go this way. Like, you know, it's amazing how, how our roles weave and, and end up in a certain place. But through hard work and following your passion, you have ended up into this role. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you, you probably didn't think, you know, at first you didn't think that you'd have little girls coming up to you saying, you know, I want to be you one day. Like yeah. you, you're, I think your story is very relatable to a lot of people right. and that's what makes it so powerful, yeah. which is awesome. And, you know, in this day and age, regardless if you're a man or a woman, if you're good at the job, you should be, you should have that job. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, like I think we're at that stage, you know, yes. we've been at the stage for a long time, but it seems yes. like general population is starting to mm-hmm. like accept it. Sadly, right. obviously it's later than most, you know, right. but it is being figured out finally, you know, and, and, Regardless, it doesn't have to be a presidency. It could be anything, right? The dean yes. earlier, or it yes. could be a coach, you know, referee, whatever it is. So, um, and I've interviewed many awesome men and women for the podcast, and it makes me the happiest person in the world to do this. I don't, you know, I make a little yeah. bit of money from it, but it's not mm-hmm. my full-time job yet. Um, but yeah. thank you so much for taking an hour out to share yes. some stories. It's awesome to, to hear your background, um, you know, to talk about where you met your husband, the yeah. kids, um, love for the school, 
uh, love for orange, right? Yes, all things orange. <laughs> Can't get away from it. Um, and I'll, for people listening, I'll put the link to your Instagram okay. and, and contact details in the, in the description so they can reach out and ask questions that they want to. Um, and yeah, we will catch you guys next episode. Cheers. All right. Thank you. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.